and listening to conversations with Chris, discussion, interviews, and stories in the light of God's Word. Here's our host, Pastor Chris Atkinson. Hi, my name is Chris Atkinson, and I'm the pastor of Pinewoods Chapel, and I would like to take this opportunity to welcome you to Conversations with Chris. And this is a broadcast that we do on Thursday mornings as we talk about many different subjects that are out there, very practical in nature as it uh, connects with uh, scripture, Christianity, and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So the month of January, it's a new year, and we find ourselves in uh, central Ontario, where I am in Simcoe County, uh, in uh, the midst of a pandemic and a lockdown, and many other places around Ontario are, are in the same position. And one of the things that is just huge right now is anxiety. And it really doesn't matter who you talk to. All kinds of people uh, are anxious about the future, about just going to the grocery store um, as case numbers go up and all these things that are happening around us. And so I just thought it'd be a great time to talk about anxiety when we are right in it. And there's all kinds of anxious uh, thoughts and moments around us. So the month of January, we are going to talk about anxiety. And anxiety is a really big issue for a number of people as they just have overwhelming sense of fear and, and stress and uh, anxiousness, nervousness about um, the world, about social interactions, about uh, being put on the spot, talking, public speaking. Um, some people struggle so much with anxiety that it is bringing on panic attacks and just an overwhelming sense of not being able to function. And uh, Health, uh, Health Canada actually talks about uh, the mental health of people that struggle with anxiety. So is it a huge topic? Yes, it is. And, and sometimes a church has not actually done a really good job talking about anxiety. It's always, maybe you've heard it this way, I know I have, has come across as, well, you can't be anxious. You're just a bad Christian if you are anxious. And so all of this stuff we want to tackle this month is, as we gather on Thursdays, just to talk about what is a biblical perspective of anxiety and what is really real about anxiety. So to get going this morning, and, and again, this is a, to be a conversation, and so if you've got questions as we get going on, just type them in, and uh, I'd be glad to answer those uh, questions. And uh, even after the recordings, then if you want to type in some questions, if you're watching this uh, not live, uh, after it's been recorded, then uh, just type those in and we'll, we'll get to answering your questions. So just, I want to start off with sharing my own personal journey, my own personal story about anxiety. And I know, as you're probably watching me, you're like, he doesn't seem to have any anxiety at all. Well, actually, no, I have uh, I've struggled with anxiety. There's been a number of mental health issues that I've struggled with over the years. And one of those is anxiety. And uh, anxiety, uh, it, 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 it really runs in my family. Uh, we've got some history as a family the, with fear and anxiety and how that can be uh, deliberating uh, in your life and just working itself out in so many different ways. 
uh, that you may not be aware of. And so for, for me, there has been, obviously I'm not in this place now, I've got a much better understanding of anxiety and, and how to cope with anxiety and how to manage anxiety and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but there was a time in my life where what I'm actually doing right now, I could not do it all. And in fact, uh, even speaking, uh, and you might even think, well, what do you mean even speaking? Yeah, I, I would freeze when I would speak uh, and my whole brain would go blank. Um, so anxious and overwhelmed uh, that I had a ton of self-doubt and uh, just really struggled with uh, even talking to people, meeting people, and uh, being confident and all of those things uh, really, really affected my anxiety. Now, did I have anxiety to the level where there was mental health issues? Well, I could say, yeah, there was all kinds of anxiety in my life that actually held me back from being able to do things well that maybe I even understood in my mind and, and knew how to do. So anxiety is something that I personally have had to work through and, uh, and struggle with the emotion of anxiety that just wells up inside of me to the point where uh, I do freeze, I do feel like a panic attack coming on at times. So, so I kind of, I get it when you, somebody says to me, Hey, I struggle with anxiety. I'm kind of like, yeah, I, I know what that feels like from my perspective, maybe not exactly the same as you, but I have, uh, I've been in that place. And so, so we want to talk about anxiety because there's some things that the scriptures actually point out and it's actually uh, God's word that helped me. No, I didn't go to a psychiatrist or anything. And again, uh, 20 years ago when I was struggling with all of this stuff, uh, this sub the subjects weren't talked about the same way uh, as they are today and so I had to figure this out on my own and uh, one of the things that uh, that I learned through all of this is just heading to God's word and just find out what God's word uh, actually says and one of the first things that I learned about anxiety is the Bible is full of people that are anxious and and I think a lot of times as Christians, we quote off, hey, do not worry and uh, do not be anxious. And, and that's our solution for some of these things. But actually, the Bible is a total different picture than that. And so we actually see, and I want to look at some of these scripture verses so that you can actually see that there was a pile of people in the Bible that were anxious. And it was a common thing for all of them to go through. And they talked about it. They wrote about it. And they said all kinds of things about it that can actually be really encouraging for those of us that actually struggle with this kind of anxiety stuff in our lives. And so you're not alone. And the other thing you're going to find out is as we talk about some of these people, and these are great people, these are examples that we look to in scripture. Uh, you mean the apostle Paul struggled with anxiety? Yes, he did. And uh, Timothy and Daniel and uh, others, is, and, and, and there's like moms and the situations that brought upon all of these uh, situations that they found themselves into struggle with anxiety were were real for them. So we're going to talk about some of those things. And uh, hopefully, hopefully over this month, as we talk about these things, you will uh, be encouraged to learn and to grow and to trust God with uh, with this anxiety and the situations that you find yourself in that uh, that bring anxiety into your life. Okay, 
So uh, let's let's just kind of dig into this. And uh, it's great to see that people are connecting online already. And, and again, if you've got any questions, just throw them out and I'll just stop what I'm doing and then answer the questions and we'll uh, keep on going. So I want I want to just start off talk giving some examples of people in scripture that actually are anxious and, and talked about their anxiety and 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 some of the things that made them anxious. And, and, and that's important for us to know because when we see others that are talking about it, especially Christians, um, and some of the circumstances that brought about their anxiety can actually give us hope. And, you know, so the first person I want to talk about is Daniel. Like Daniel uh, had these moments where he was an incredibly anxious person and situation. So who was Daniel? Daniel was this high-level government official. <laughs> you know, he's... he's uh, working for the king of Babylon and a whole bunch of other kings during the time period when he lived. And he was anxious. And so there's one passage that just really speaks to his anxiety uh, is in Daniel chapter 7. And over in Daniel chapter 7, uh, Daniel has just been given a, like a dream, a vision about the future. And he actually says this in Daniel chapter 7, uh, verse uh, 15. And this is what, so Daniel's got this vision. He has this vision. And uh, he says, as for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious. And the visions of my head alarmed me. So he's just had this experience with God and he was feeling anxious. Now that should... First of all, just kind of go, what? I thought when people had experiences with God or some kind of visions or things like this or that they would be comforted. Well, yeah, sometimes they are. But in this situation, we see that here Daniel is interacting with God and he's anxious. He's overwhelmed and he's alarmed by what he's seeing and what he's hearing. And so... Anxiety is a, is a normal aspect of life, just as depression is and, and sadness and, and grief and all of those other emotions that we feel in our life. All of these things are, are real and they're normal. And so here's Daniel talking about it. And I think that's the number one thing that we should see right away is that scripture actually talks about some of these things and anxiety is one of them. Now here, let me give you this other person who you'd be kind of like, oh, I don't know, I can't believe, the Apostle Paul. Yeah, the Apostle Paul was another one who was anxious. And he wrote about it a number of times about his own anxiety. And this is, this is kind of cool because you actually get to see the real rawness of some of these biblical characters. And knowing that anxiety is real for these people that maybe we admire, uh, from a scriptural point of view, should actually give us courage to say, hey, if Daniel could wrestle with anxiety and, and Paul would could wrestle with anxiety, then maybe I can too. So turn with me over to 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians is a book of the Bible in the New Testament. And uh, it's a letter that Paul writes to the church in Corinth. And he's talking to the church in Corinth about his own his own life, his own testimony. And this is 
This is what he says. And so many times when we read, we maybe don't read slow enough and we miss certain things. But this, this to me is just an, an amazing, uh, an amazing understanding about anxiety in the Apostle Paul. So the Apostle Paul is, is just talking about his life and, and some of the things that he has been through. And, and he, he's talking about, hey, I've been, I've received uh, lashes and uh, I've been beaten, I've been shipwrecked, uh, I've been in danger of my own life in the sea and it, among false brethren. Anyway, he, he goes on, and in verse 27, in, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in, clo in cold and exposure. And then he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. And he says, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Just, just stop there for a minute. Here's Paul, this apostle, who's been called by God to help churches, writes the majority of the New Testament, and he actually says that there is a daily pressure on him about his anxiety for all the churches that he's working with. Now, that's a huge confession that he's making. He's basically saying, every day I'm feeling anxiety. Every day I'm feeling anxiety because of all of these churches that I'm working with, and the pressure, the, the responsibility that is on me, I am feeling anxious. Now, that should encourage us. Because here we see that the Apostle Paul is being very open and very honest about his feelings, about his anxiety. And this is something that we need to do too. We actually just need to say, you know, I'm feeling anxious. Now, for some people, as soon as you say, hey, I'm feeling anxious, they're kind of like, well, well I don't know what to do with it. But here, Paul is admitting that he's feeling anxious with the pressure of looking after all of these churches. And so hopefully what we're, what we're seeing here is even in the context of, of someone being called by God to do certain things, there's still this level of anxiety. We see it with Daniel as God's interacting with him and showing him these visions. We see it with, uh, with Paul as Paul is as given responsibility by God for the management of some of these churches and the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ. He's anxious in all these responsibilities. And sometimes we go, well, I shouldn't be anxious if God has given me these responsibilities to do. Well, the answer to that question is no, you should, because there are times when you are going to feel overwhelmed. And I'm so encouraged because these people were brave enough to actually tell us that this was part of their life. And, it, and again, you know, this isn't the only time that Paul talks about this. Let's look at another one. Let's go over to Philippians uh, chapter 2, because Paul again uh, talks about his anxiety that he uh, has on a, on a regular basis uh, in the context of him living his life. And so it's uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse uh, 28. So, and, and again, so he, the context of this, so he, he's having this conversation with, the, he writes this letter to the church in Philippi and 
And he, because it's letter, they don't have Canada Post like we have today. They don't have UPS or anything like that. So he sends this letter with someone to them. And so uh, he says in verse 25, I have thought it necessary to send to you Aphrodite, I don't know how to say his name, just, just some guy, my brother and my fellow worker and, and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. So anyway, so he sends this guy with this letter and this is what he says about this. So he writes this right in the letter and he says this to them. He says, verse 28, I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again and that I may be less anxious <laughs> so here here he is he's saying i'm anxious and i'm hoping to send this guy to you so that you can be refreshed and then he can come back and tell me how you're doing so that i will be less anxious about your situation in philippi so here here again we just have this man the apostle paul great responsibility and he's got anxious about the things that he's to look after and he's being real with this uh, he's not kind of sweeping it under the carpet he's just saying you know what I'm anxious and I'm going to do some things that help me be less anxious and this and th we're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come when we talk about coping with anxiety and trying to manage anxiety and everybody is anxious at some point in their life. Um, some of us have levels of anxiety that are completely uh, restricting us in, in being able to do certain things. But here we see Paul implying a technique to reduce his anxiety. Because his desire to send, he's got a lot of desires when he sends him out. But one of the things that's very pointed about this is that he actually sends him so that he would feel less anxious and so part of his coping mechanism as we've already shared in, in Corinthians is is that he's got this daily pressure this daily feeling of anxiety about the churches and so he actually sends somebody out to talk to these people in these daily in these churches so that his anxiety would be less and this is one of the things that we need to realize is that anxiety, sadness, depression, all of these different mental struggles that we have today uh, can be coped with in the context of learning coping mechanisms. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, all of those feelings of anxiety or depression or sadness, and we can go on and on about all kinds of things and even suicidal thoughts. We can talk about that, too. Um, it doesn't mean that they go away, but it means that we learn techniques and tools to actually deal with these things. And Paul gives us this great example here in these couple of passages of his own vulnerability, saying, hey, I'm anxious, but here's what I've been doing about my anxiety. So let, let's, let's look at another one, because this one I think is just is really is really good for us to, to sort of wrap our heads around this, this example. And it's over in Samuel. Uh, so First uh, Samuel chapter 1, uh, right in the first few verses of, of Samuel. And Samuel is, uh, is a book in the Old Testament. Uh, Samuel was this uh, 
profit guy and uh, we we see some things about him in in his mom which really speak to this whole idea of dealing with anxiety okay so this is first Samuel and uh, it's Samuel you could go ahead and read I've got pretty much you can see my Bible. Well, maybe you can't see it, but I've got a lot of it underlined because I spent some time in Samuel chapter 1 because of this situation. So let me just set the stage for you instead of reading all of it. Uh, so chapter 1 talks about uh, the birth of Samuel and who, where does he come from. And, and, it, and it introduces us to his mom, which his name is Hannah, and uh, his family uh, as, as a young boy. And so Here's the context of Hannah, uh, who we're going to find out in a minute is the one that's anxious. And so we've got uh, Hannah, and then we have her husband. And let me just see uh, here. Yes. Yeah, and I can't I can't even... I can't even pronounce this way. So anyway, we've got a husband with two wives, okay? The one wife can have kids. The second wife, who's Hannah, can't have kids, all right? So there's, there's sort of the setting, the background. And, and I know this is a different time period. Uh, polygamy is, is happening here in the context of, of Samuel's life. Um, but, but, this is, but this is the world of this woman, Hannah. So this other wife is her rival. It actually says in verse 6, it says her rival, meaning the other woman that's married to her husband, used to provoke her grievously and to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb and she couldn't have children. And, and just, just so here's this woman living in this environment. And she says, and so the writer of Samuel says this, so it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. So here's, here is a woman who is not able to have children. And you know, there's probably all kinds of medical reasons why this is not happening. But she is being bullied and attacked by this other woman that is also married to her husband. Now, this isn't, this isn't a good scenario. Um, to be living in an environment where somebody is provoking you to the point where you're weeping and not eating, you're being irritated and grievous. Are you going to be upset? Oh, yeah. You're going to have a lot of mental uh, struggles and different things that are happening. So, so anyway, she goes up to worship God in Jerusalem. And she goes to the temple, and in the temple, there's this guy named Eli. He's a priest, and he's in the temple, and he actually sees Hannah. And she's in the temple, and she's praying. 
and she's deeply distressed. And she prayed to the Lord and she's weeping bitterly. And so this passage just sort of outlines for us what is actually going on. And Eli, who's this priest, sees her and he thinks she's drunk. Now talk about adding insult to injury here. Here she is, she's already provoked, she's already distressed, she's feeling terrible about her whole situation. And then this Eli says to her, he comes up to her in verse 14, so this is 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 14, and he says, how long will you go on being drunk? Put away your wine from you. <laughs> like He's like, woman, you're messed up and you got a problem. It's, you know, sometimes in Christianity, that's actually what we do. We see people in these broken places and we don't know the backstory. And we just jump to a conclusion and we miss the boat completely. And Hannah, thank goodness, she had a little bit of strength left to actually counteract Eli, she says, but Hannah answered and says, No, my Lord, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I have neither drunk wine nor drunk strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman. For, the, for now she tells him what's going on. For all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Wow. Here's another, here's a woman, Hannah, who is in deep, dis, in deep trouble, feeling overwhelmed because of the bullying that's happening within her household, within the context of her family. She's even been derided by the priest. And she's like, I've got anxiety and it's great anxiety. Now, anxiety is a feeling that comes upon us and it overwhelms us. And she was to the point where she was greatly distressed. Now, as soon as Eli hears this, he's like, whoops. Uh, okay. So then it says in verse 17, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition that you've made to him. And she said, let your servant find favor in your eyes. And then the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. You know, one of the things that needs to happen and we see such here, we always don't know the circumstances that bring people to this place of anxiety. And for some of us, these are incredibly difficult places and we need compassion. And we see Eli here, this priest, this kind of pastor guy. Uh, not have that compassion in the beginning, but we see him as he hears and as he listens to actually have compassion. And, you know, just a word to those that are in these places of, of responsibility of people is that there are times to have compassion on people because we just don't know what they're going through at home. And, and here's a, here's a great example of, of, a, of the right way to sort of handle this in the sense that we're recognizing that we want people to have peace and that God would grant the petitions of people when they are crying out to God 
and asking God to help them in the midst of their uh, mental illness or their anxiety, whatever that looks like. And, and one of the things is that's really important here is that Eli is encouraging to her. And he says, let your servant find favor. Sorry, um, that, that's actually what Hannah said. Um, he says, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition that you've made to him. So he's encouraging her and saying, you know, I really hope that God is going to answer your prayers about this. And that's one of the things that uh, people need to do as they find people with anxieties. They need to come around them. They need to come around them and support them and encourage them. And because of this, because he's affirming uh, her and because uh, she is like, okay, I don't feel alone anymore. Uh, the woman is able to go her way and actually eat because it says that she hasn't been eating. She had so much anxiety that she couldn't eat. Um, and her face was no longer sad. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what situation you find yourself in. Um, sometimes there are situations that we would think would be positive and good, full of responsibility and uh, good things. We see anxious people. At the same time, we see very difficult situations of bullying and being overwhelmed and just sort of a, a negative environment. And we see anxiety there too. But in all of these uh, situations that I've mentioned with Daniel and David and now Hannah, um, anxiety is real. It's normal. It can be expected in these situations. And I, th and I think that should encourage us because we are, number one, we're not alone. If, if I said, to you, you know, hey, you're kind of like the Apostle Paul. You're like, no, no, I'm not like the Apostle Paul. Well, yeah, if you've been going through some of the things that the Apostle Paul went through, then yeah, you're like-minded. You know, you're like Daniel, you're like Hannah. And maybe you can identify with some of these stories of characters in, in the scriptures. But the point, the point of all this is that people have anxiety and there's a way to cope. There's a way to encourage. There's a way to come alongside of them. And we need to realize that it is normal to be anxious. But because of God's word, we can actually be encouraged that there is hope. So one of the things that uh, really encouraged me in my journey was just finding these examples. And, 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 and thinking about them. So in those moments when I was feeling anxious, I'm like, well, I'm going to go and, and read about Hannah. I'm going to go and read about Paul. I'm going to go and read about Daniel. And, and how did they, and ask the question, how did they actually make it through these moments? And, and how did they feel and, and really kind of get in and look at the world through their own eyes? And it, it incredibly helped me, incredibly helped me uh, work through the anxiety and these emotions. Now, it didn't mean that it went away, but it gave some tools to actually deal with it. So I want to turn to one, one last scripture because I think this one, I, I love this one because it is so uh, direct and assuming that we are anxious. 
And uh, it's found in Isaiah 35, verse 4. And this, if you, if you struggle with anxiety, and sometimes we need to be reminded of all of these things, and if you struggle with anxiety, this is a great Bible verse to just nail down, put it on your mirror, put it on your fridge, put it in your car, put it on your phone, put it everywhere, so that you can just continually come back to what this verse says. And I'm going to unpack this verse because it's actually... It's a, it's a favorite verse of mine. I actually have a number of different scripture verses that speak to some of these issues, whether it's anger or fear or depression or uh, sadness or anxiety. I have a number of these that are just kind of locked in my head, and, and, I, and I refer to them often. So it's Isaiah uh, 35, verse 4, another old book of the, uh, a book of the Old Testament. Isaiah's his prophet, and this is what he says. So, he says this, say to those who have an anxious heart. Okay, so that just want to stop there for a minute before we read the rest. Say to those who have an anxious heart. Number one, he's assuming that there are those that are anxious. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you see the anxious heart out there. But the second thing is, he wants to say something to the anxious heart. And, and this should be greatly encouraging because if we, if we see that there is uh, a desire by God to actually speak directly to that anxious person, let's tune in and listen. This is what he says. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, he will come and save you. Wow. Okay, so here, here are these people that are feeling anxious. They're dealing with fear. But God will come and save them. What a promise. Whenever we're feeling anxious, it's a great opportunity for us to reach out to God and say, God, you promised in this place of anxiety to come and save. And you can really make it personal and you can actually say, say to Chris, who has this anxious heart, be strong and fear not, for behold, my God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God, and he will come and save me. You know, one of the things that we need to realize in the midst of our anxiety is that we are scared. And in those moments, we need somebody to come and take care of us and deliver us and save us. And here's a direct promise by God to those that are anxious that God says, I will come and save you. Now, that's exciting because God's word is true because God himself does not lie. And he brings with him a vengeance or a recompense. And the, the context here is making right those things that are wrong. And a lot of times we struggle with anxiety because there are things around us that are just not right. And we're overwhelmed by it. And God says, you know what? I'm going to come and save you 
and turn what is wrong into the right situation. And when we know that God can and will do those things, and then we actually see him do those things, it actually is a huge aspect for us to think about and realize, you know what, God, you're going to deliver me from this situation. And for me, that is greatly encouraging. And so when you say, hey, so I have to say, and you know, this is, so there's two things that are happening here. There's us individuals that need to say these things to ourselves, which is, be strong, fear not, for behold, my God is going to come and he's going to save me. I need to say that to myself. This is sort of a coping mechanism. But also, we need to say that to each other. We need to say that to each other to remind each other that this is actually going to say, because this is, so this is God speaking through Isaiah, and, and this is what he says, say to those, and this is plural too, it's not just one person, say to those, so there's a whole group of people that are anxious, say to those who have an anxious heart. And so we, as a, as a community, as a group of people, as a family, uh, need to say to one another, hey, be strong. God's going to come and save you. God's going to come and take care of you. And as, we're, as we get our focus off of the thing that's making us anxious and put it on God, in that process, the anxiety levels dissipate. They change. And this, this can play out in so many different places, whether you've got social anxiety about being out in public, whether you're upset right now with the pandemic and don't even know, whether it's a job loss, all of these things play into this place of anxiety. So I would just want to encourage you as you are in this place, maybe struggling with anxiety, that uh, you, you just take up the opportunity to say to yourself, be strong. God's going to deliver me. God's going to take care of this situation. At the same time, be that person who is saying that to others. Support those people that are struggling with anxiety. Say to those that are of anxious heart. Don't say to them, oh, get over it. It's not that bad. No, don't say that to them. Say, you know, encourage them. Because that's really what it says here. It says, be strong. Fear not. You know, he's like, just have courage. You know, God's going to deliver you. Because that's the promise in the context of scripture. So let's, let's be uh, encouraging to those who have anxiety. Let's learn from some of these examples, some of the coping skills that we can have to deal with this. And so just to recap, uh, some of the coping skills that we've talked about is you know actually doing something about your anxiety as we see in Paul, as him going and finding out, um, encouraging one another, encouraging ourselves um, but also having empathy on ourselves, uh, as we see in Hannah and how Eli, uh, the priest, treated Hannah once he realized what was really going on. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he continued to pray for her and wanted God to, to grant her petitions and her prayers. Uh, so if we can be these kinds of people and gather around those that have anxiety and, and just glorify God in the midst of this, we can actually see the good things that God has intended uh, because of these things. And, and just, you know, 
the negativity of anxiety, depression, stress, suicide, all of that stuff is all here because of sin and the brokenness of the world. And God actually wants to set all the world free from that. He promises a future where there is no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more anxiety. And this is our hope. This is the, the direction that we go. And God has actually promised this. And so let's trust him to bring it to pass in his time. Hope you've been encouraged as we've been talking about this today. And, and, I, and I hope you're going to encourage uh, others and, and put some of this in practice. If you've got some questions about anxiety, just throw them, throw them out there. And uh, if we don't get to them this week, we're going to get to them in the weeks to come. And again, just a reminder, we're spending the whole month of January talking about anxiety. And uh, hopefully some of the things that we talk about will give you some tools to, to work with the situation that you find yourself in. And again, it doesn't just apply to uh, anxiety because of many of the things we're going to talk about are transferable skills that move into areas of uh, working with other areas of mental health struggles, whether it's depression, suicide, um, all of these things uh, that uh, we find ourselves living in and that are around us. And right now in the pandemic, it's even more because of isolation and the fear of the virus and all of those things. And so there's anxiety that just, just builds in and around us. So great to be together uh, with you today. Hopefully you've been encouraged by our conversation and uh, would look forward to hearing any questions that you have uh, and try and answer them in any way over this coming month. So great to be together. Why don't I, uh, why don't I just take a minute and pray? I know there's some multiple people that are online uh, watching and why don't, why don't I just take a minute and pray for you and maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Maybe you've got a friend that's got some anxiety and, and you want to maybe share this with them and they, uh, they, may, they may be able to get some benefit from this. Dear God, I just thank you uh, that you know everyone who's anxious. And God, I thank you for the examples of scripture where we see people just confessing their anxiety and in the many different situations that we see in scripture. Lord, I just pray that people with anxiety would reach out to you. And God, that you would uh, meet them in their anxiety. And Lord, as they turn to you, that you really would save them. As the scripture tells us in Isaiah, say to those who are of an anxious heart, be strong, for God will come and save us. God, I just, I just pray that people would have that strength, that they would have people come around them to encourage them and to help them through this this whole thing of anxiety. And God, we just thank you for your promise in what you do. And we pray all of this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Oh, there's a question. Nice. Okay, so let me, let me try and tackle this. Is depression or mental illness an invasion of a bad spirit in your body, even though you are a born-again Christian? Oh, that's a big, that's a big question. So uh, I think, let me just 
turn over back to the scriptures and first off say this. We see David struggling with depression. We see Daniel struggling with anxiety. We see Paul struggling with anxiety. We see Jesus himself struggling with different things. We, we see other leaders in scripture that are actually people of God uh, and God is using them struggling with all of these things. Now, what that actually speaks to is, number one, it speaks to us that the fact that anyone, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, a uh, believer in God, not a believer in God, can struggle with depression or mental illness. Okay, So it doesn't necessarily have to be an invasion of a bad spirit in your body. At the same time, there's examples in Scripture where there is a, an attack of, for a, so a, a great example would be Saul. Um, Saul got this um, depressing or distressing spirit that attacked him all the time, and David came in and played for him, and it sort of lifted his mood. Um, and so many people think that that spirit that was attacking Saul was uh, a bad, it was definitely a bad spirit, it was a demonic uh, spirit, um, but it was bringing distress and depression and sadness upon him. So yes, there are those things that are attacks, and to get into the whole scenario of whether this is internal or external is a whole is a whole other topic. But uh, demons cannot possess a born again Christian. At the same time, it's important to understand that. Uh, there can be influences around us, not necessarily inside of us, inside of our heads, um, that can influence us in a certain direction. And so having a good understanding of how that actually works is important and foundational to understanding how we deal with different, uh, different things that, that struggle, that we struggle with. So hopefully, uh, that's that's an answer to your question. Um, I would say that depression and mental illness is not uh, demon possession. Uh, it, it there are a little bit of uh, situations where it could kind of look that way, um, but as a born again Christian, you definitely are not being possessed by a demon. Uh, you're being possessed by the Spirit of God and who God is. So hopefully hopefully that helps. But just because you're a born-again Christian doesn't mean you're not going to struggle with depression or uh, anxiety or suicidal thoughts. And, and that's, that's There's another one. We could talk about the suicidal thoughts that some of the people in Scripture actually, uh, actually struggled with. Uh, and we could even talk about Judas who followed through on some of those uh, suicidal thoughts. So, you know, these are, these are real things that people struggle with. And, and I think a lot of times people look at Scripture and they're just like, well, how is this even relevant, the Bible? Because these are the real things today. Well, no, they've been around for thousands of years. It's common to humanity. And so there's all kinds of examples in Scriptures. And we just need to know God's Word and be able to go to God's Word so that we can actually uh, get some help in, uh, in this whole area.
So have a great day. And uh, if there are any more questions, just type them in and uh, we'll get them answered. And uh, have a blessed day. And we will see you again. Thanks. Thanks for watching. Share. Let people know that Jesus loves and that Jesus has a plan for any kind of anxiety. God bless. Thank you for listening to Conversations with Chris. If you'd like to support this ministry, please visit pinewoodschapel.com and click Give. From all of us at Conversations with Chris, have a great week.